welcome once again to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube show based on a podcast. Uh, this is episode six, is what I want to say, of uh, the podcast version of the show. And I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm Michael Morey. And this week we're here to discuss Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Um, usually we do sort of a macro level topic uh, around that, but I think there's a lot to unpack in this movie because it's damn near three hours long. Yep. And um, we have a lot of thoughts. So uh, I don't think we're going to jump into it too much as far as like a macro level topic we're going to jump right into talking about the movie specifically because that'll probably take well over an hour yep however i do want to set the scene a little bit as far as if you didn't listen to our last episode this is the second disney um star wars episode the third one they've made uh rogue one we got really busy and didn't have time to record the rogue one episode we promised you guys so sorry about that but this is the Second official episode, the episodic one. So uh, if you listened to our last episode, you learned that Mike and I were not fond of episode seven. No. At all, no. really. Um, so with this episode, uh, Ryan Johnson of Looper and Brick and Brothers Bloom fame and Breaking Bad fame mm -hmm. uh, took the reins and uh, wrote and directed this one, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, so this is the characters kind of just after Force Awakens ends and um, basic plot things are Rey wants to be trained by Luke Skywalker in the way of the Jedi. Um, and we get to see Luke for the first time actually do stuff uh, in 30 years, 30 plus years. And uh, the resistance is on the run from the First Order and um poe and finn and a new player named rose kind of hatch a side plan that they think is going to help um expedite their escape from them uh kylo ren is still having problems with all the father figures in his life and um snoke is still terrible so yep. um that's that's the basics basics of it uh there's not there's not a lot going on in the movie um in the same way that i would say empire strikes back it it, it, it is very much uh a riff on empire strikes back but it's less grating as a ripoff of that movie than uh force awakens was as yeah. a ripoff of the new hope a new hope sorry mm. um but we'll get into all that in a second so First off, um, and, and we're going to kind of split down the middle of spoilers. We will do full spoilers because I think it's the only decent way to talk about the film. But we want to keep kind of the first half as relatively spoiler free as possible. It's kind of hard considering how thin the plot is yeah. um, to do so. But Mike, what did you think about uh, The Last Jedi? There's good parts and there's bad parts. And... Unfortunately for me, I think the bad parts outweigh the good parts. Uh, I think I've struggled with this movie for the last couple of days because I want to like it more than I did. And there's a lot of story decisions that I disagree with. And there's a lot of character decisions I disagree with. And it feels like the movie, in trying to do that Empire Strikes Back thing but different, decides to go and subvert. A lot of things that you're expecting and subvert what you're expecting to happen after the force awakens 
and it's almost in love with its subversion to the point where I think it damages itself. So that's kind of where I come from. We can get into more of the reasons why. Um, but I, I think as a movie itself, it is decent in the context of a larger story, part of the Star Wars movies, and then as a sequel to Force Awakens, it actually is a failure. So that's my take on it. Okay, um, like I said, we're going to get into specifics in a minute, but it's real good. It's a real good movie. I think this might be the hardest we've disagreed on the show on across the board. Probably. Um, but man, I like this movie. Yeah. Uh, the entire fifth act, <laughs> um, I lost count, uh, is should have been part of the next movie. Um, the, the movie should have been two hours. It's two and a half hours, and it is 30 minutes too long, easily. Um, and I would argue, my, my, my argument is that there's not a lot of fat on the movie. I think I, for me, everything worked in service of the story and the themes aside from like a couple things here and there, um, that just sort of seemed like throwaway. There's like some throwaway stuff in there, throwaway shots or throwaway moments where it's like, ah, oh, could have cut, like it could have tightened the runtime a little bit. Mm -hmm. But as far as huge swaths of the movie, I would cut out it would be the entire kind of climax after they get to the planet at the end. Yeah. And I would put that in the, in the third movie <laughs> um, for sure. It's really perfunctory. Yes. How that last like crate stuff happens. It's like the movie is already kind of blown its load mm -hmm. and yes. it's just kind of like, okay, let's get this over with almost. Yeah. And it, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I liked that stuff still. Mm -hmm. Like I liked all of the stuff in the movie, but some of it should have just been in another movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, I think across the board, the performances are really solid. Yeah. Um, Finn's much better in this. John Boyega is much better in this than he was in the last one. He's less of a clown. Yes. he ha His arc is basically becoming less of a clown. He kind of starts out a little bit yeah. as one and then becomes less of one as the story progresses. Um, you know, I, I agree or disagree with the choices uh, that they decided to, uh, of the direction they decided to take Luke Skywalker in. Mark Hamill's fantastic in this movie. He's really good in what he had to do, I agree. Uh, it's might be my second favorite performance he's given as Luke uh, behind Return of the Jedi, I think. Mm -hmm. Um... Carrie Fisher's good in this one. Yeah. Uh, Laura D Dern is a really good addition, even though she's she's like a little grating, but then you kind of get why. Yeah. Um, Ray's still really good. Adam Driver's really good in this one. He's good. Um, Snoke still sucks as a character, like I said, but Andy Serkis is better in this than he was in, in the last one. Mm -hmm. um, it's not it's not his fault that mm -hmm. the character sucks. Um, he, he does what he can. Uh, um, yeah. BB-8's really good in it. <laughs> uh, uh, Chewie gets like a lot of like comedy moments that I I like. I kind of like. No, that all that stuff with Chewie and the Porks is great. It's uh, great. Yeah, it's, it's like, really solid. You're gonna hear me probably complain about some things, but I have no complaints about that. Yeah. That, so I think that's one of the first criticisms I want to address. That I I'm not sure where you stand on it. Mm -hmm. I heard that the movie was really funny. Yeah. Um, going into it, and. I wasn't sure what that meant. 
uh, you know, this has been the year of jokes in space and <laughs> hearing, especially from Disney yeah, and hearing that, um, you know, this one had a lot more humor in it. Uh, I got a little nervous. I was wondering if we were in for another like Thor Ragnarok, um, but this time Star Wars, uh, even though Thor Ragnarok was a little Star Warsy in and of itself. And I actually thought that there wasn't an excessive amount of humor in it. And I thought that it was kind of in line with star Wars for the most part. There's like a couple of things that eh, whatever, but didn't really bother me. I don't know. There was, I think people forgot how kind of funny the movies are like mm-hmm. in the middle of empire strikes back, Chewie and C3PO basically have an extended three stooges bit. Yeah. Like it's they're, like, it's vaudevillian slapstick. Mm hmm while Han is being frozen in carbonite. Like, it, it's just kind of happening in the background. Yeah, I don't really feel like the discussion about the humor is really that big of a deal to me. Yeah. Um, I think part of the reason why it makes an impact with people is the movie opens up on a joke with Poe oh, trying yeah. to stall um, Hux. And I didn't really like that bit that much. And part of it goes to, and this kind of goes back to the discussion during Thor Ragnarok, which is sometimes the humor is being used to completely undermine the villains because Hux kind of gets punked on a lot in this movie. And it, it like, I, I, okay, it's kind of funny, like, right. haha. But then I think about it afterwards. I'm like, but now like they just made the villains look like jokes. Yeah. And, and that bothers me because it's like, how am I supposed to take their threat seriously when they're just constantly getting punked by people? So yeah. I think that's why it's become like a little bit of a focus with people. And a lot of the humor involving like the aliens is fine. Like Chewie and the Porgs and some of like right. the guys on Canto Bite, the casino planet. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. some of that stuff is And like the caretakers. Right. Because like there's like, always been like weird alien stuff. That's fine. Yeah. But when you have like the human characters cracking jokes in serious situations, that that's when it they kind of lose me a bit and even like Luke Skywalker, like when he's asking the question, like, where, where are, are you, you from? from? And then then she's like, Jakku, he's like, oh, yeah, it really is nowhere. And it's just like, and then he goes right straight back into like this serious kind of like, what else is going on kind of thing. And it, it took me out of it. It felt like it was just like a stupid one-liner. So I get it, but it's not really a big point of my criticism. Yeah, not mine either. Um, I actually like that, that joke that Luke said because he's from Tatooine. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's Tatooine 2.0. Yeah. Um. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the sort of meta narrative going on. Yeah, there is a meta narrative going on. There is a hardcore meta narrative going on. Um, let's see what other sort of non-spoilery stuff. Uh, oh well, you didn't talk about one of the characters, Rose. Oh yeah, Rose. I liked her. I, I thought didn't. she was good. No, nope, she's didn't. good. Uh, she is. She's real good. I liked her, the beat with her sister at the beginning. I liked that opening um a lot uh i don't know it's good uh it's good it's good across the board as far as i'm concerned it was so going into the movie it was it was really weird um the the movie has had some crazy reactions across the internet yep uh whoa people are mad yeah um and you know i it's got like a 50% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, but mm-hmm. like people are trolling the audience score and like going and creating several accounts under like fake email addresses to lower the score. Yeah. And like yesterday at the time of this recording, yesterday was Ryan Johnson's birthday. 
and people were sending him death threats on the official like Star Wars page on Facebook. And I was like, whoa, you guys, you need to calm down. But then there are also a lot of people who really like loved this movie. Yeah. And I was pretty spoiler free headed into it. So um, I really had no idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. There were a couple plot points that I thought were going to happen that didn't happen that may have affected how much I enjoyed this movie mm -hmm. because they didn't happen. Um, so I was prepared to, you know, we, we saw the movie yesterday and we bought the tickets. I was fully prepared to have to walk out of the movie, very confused about my reaction to it mm -hmm. and go buy another ticket on my movie pass to go see it twice, to have two viewings under my belt before I recorded the podcast in earnest and I didn't like, I just kind of really liked it out mm -hmm. the gate. What I will say is on, on the, on the same token of people who really didn't like the movie, the people who really loved it have really weird reasons for liking the movie. Yeah. They're wild. It's crazy, man. Well, it seems like to me, if I could sum them up, it's that people liked it because it was basically trolling Force Awakens and what you expected and the subversion stuff that like it didn't go the way you think. And so that to me is where a lot of undue praise is coming from because to me, like subversion in and of itself isn't a good thing. Like it can be a good thing if you mm. execute it properly. And if in its, in the place of what you expect, they put something better than what you expect, but it's not inherently a good thing. And I see a lot of people kind of praising it for, well, cause they, they like didn't do anything with X character. They didn't do this the way you thought it was going to. Therefore it's good. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that either. But are you seeing a different type of praise for it? Um, yeah, just like, well, the, the big one is like Film Crit Hulk's reading of it was really strange to me. Like, I almost didn't understand the point he was making. I of, didn't like, even read it. The, it was like the, the, it was called like The Force Belongs to Us. And it was about how. Oh, like the, the democratization of the force or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, it was, no, I, man. Like. Okay. I, I don't know that stuff. That seemed weird. Yeah. It. I don't know. I feel like people are like are like treating this like a Rorschach test and like reading a lot of weird things into it. Yeah, that... I just really liked it because I thought it was really entertaining and yeah. I thought it was well made and looked and sounded great mm -hmm. and the character arcs were really good and I liked the themes and it was I just like just thought it was a solid movie and I don't I didn't get like a lot of subtext out of it because there isn't much uh it's pretty it's pretty there pretty straightforward yeah so let's go which and break is, it down which is star wars to me yeah um star wars is pretty straightforward mm -hmm. uh i don't i don't you know lucas and co are this is a comparison i made before like the brian wilson to like a kubrick john lennon where john lennon writes a song about vegetables you're like what's this about if brian wilson writes a song about vegetables you're like oh he wrote a song about his favorite vegetables <laughs> yeah that's like that's how that's how star wars is yeah. like so if star wars is about vegetables you're like oh look at this movie about vegetables mm -hmm. and right um and that's that's kind of what i got out of this outside of like i said the meta like the closest thing to subtext is the meta narrative of mm -hmm. undoing what jj did yeah um which we'll get into in a second um 
so we'll we, yeah we'll transition into full spoiler territory and if you think i'm joking snoke dies at yep. the end of the movie um so <laughs> if the, consider that your warning um <clears throat> if you haven't seen it yet i don't know why you're listening to this podcast in the first place yeah so go see it uh that was your fault um okay so so mike you you really didn't like a lot of the movie yeah so what specifically did you not like okay all right, so I like the themes of the movie. Uh, or Sorry, I like the idea of some of the themes of the movie. I like the idea that sometimes in in retreat, you can find victory. And it's kind of a theme that's been a big part of 2017 in a way with Dunkirk and this movie. And it, you know, it was in the movie about uh, the darkest hour with the Churchill movie. Like, oh, this kind of theme seems to be very prevalent um this year where it's like sometimes the most heroic thing you can do is live to fight another day i like that idea i think the movie poorly services that idea in some places um and uh, if you want i can go through almost like act by act my problems with it um i think the opening of the movie with the bombing run there's a lot of things in the movie that have that seem well well conceptualized but then poorly executed in terms of how like it's being delivered visually and it creates plot holes to me and normally i'm not someone who complains about plot holes but this movie is filled with them the bombing scene in the beginning that like there's just some such dumb tactics like the whole every action scene in this movie devolves like between like one line of soldiers approaching another line of soldiers or ships or whatever and there's no flanking ever and there's like no like smart maneuvers they all think two they all think like two dimensionally they're not like using space at all and like the resistance just goes and gets to sh- shredded in that first bombing run for example and i felt like rose's sister's sacrifice was corny like it was it's done in this like lame slow-mo that's i hate slow-mo slow-mo is overused in a lot of things but um the whole point of that scene is you go and see Rose, uh, you go and have Poe basically deciding to go and commit to an attack, a bombing run that doesn't need to happen, which by the way, bombs don't go and drop in space. So why are you doing that? But anyway, um, and like, that's the, the genesis of part of the conflict, which is that Poe's too reckless. He's not thinking long-term. Like sometimes you just need to go and run away. Well, that's cool. And I like, think that's a good message to send, but you know what? Why isn't someone in the resistance calling back the bombers then? Like, why isn't Leia just calling them back? I don't understand that at all. Like, that made no sense to me. Like, they can just, she has a higher command rank than he does. So then they go and get angry at him after he's already killed everybody. Um, and that, like, plot line carries through and is constantly, like, an issue of people, like, not communicating things properly to each other. Because then in the second act, we have, like, this big mission that, like, Poe goes and sends Finn and Rose on that is derived from the fact that Poe doesn't think that Admiral Holdo, who is taking over the resistance, um, is like making a good strategy just running away. He just thinks that they're going to go and like die. Um, but the, and Holdo eventually goes and makes a sacrifice and she goes and reveals that actually she wasn't just planning on running away. She was planning on kind of sending the resistance away, not to die, but they can live fight another day. That's cool and all, but it led to a mutiny, and she could have just told Poe straight up what her plan was, along with everybody else, and Finn and them would not have gone on that stupid mission then. 
So, so the movie tries to have like its cake and eat it too, where they go and show that she's like a really heroic character and all this stuff, but she's kind of dumb in the sense that she didn't like tell her own crew and people that she's fighting with what her ultimate goal is. And that goes and leads actually to another problem, which is that that mission that po, uh, that Finn gets sent on is, I think, kind of pointless, but then also leads to them finding Benicio Del Toro's character who sells them out and then actually leads to her plan blowing up. So the whole movie just feels like it's like making statements about stuff and then they're having characters make decisions that are just dumb, just dumb throughout. Um, Let I me re- stop you there. Yeah, go ahead. So I think we should take this piece by piece because um, yeah. I have I have my own set of arguments against that. And so yeah. I think if just like one whole torrent of it and then another whole torrent of it, yeah. it might be a bad thing. No, no, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So... I get what you're saying. I a little bit think that's the point. I think the I think one of the in addition to the um the idea of retreating to live to fight another day, like the the Dunkirk Darkest Hour thing. I think one of the other themes running through the movie is like the futility of warfare mm-hmm. and. I think that's in service of that maybe a little bit poorly and I get that, but I think also it's, I think also, also another one of the themes running through the movie is like mistakes and failures mm-hmm. and th- like that, that whole arc is chock full of them. Yep. And so I'm, I'm fine. Like I understand the mechanics of people not communicating clearly, but like, how often does that actually happen in real life, and not just militaristic? Like, how often does that happen at work with people? It's not an issue of like, to me, uh, like miscommunication. I mean, that's the basis of tension and conflict sometimes, and that's fine. But it's the way that the movie goes and portrays someone's act as heroic when that person was also an idiot, and the movie doesn't call them out on it. Oh, that, I felt like it totally did. No, it didn't call out Holo one bit. Like they go, like. Poe gets called out for being an idiot. Right. But like Holdo, like the whole reason why all this thing falls apart is because she's an idiot who doesn't tell her own crew who goes to the point of mutiny against her what she's actually thinking of doing. Like that, and then it goes and has the the guts to go and have Leia and Poe both think that she's so right for what she did. And like, it's like, well, wait a minute, but like she's an idiot too. And so- Yeah, yeah, no, well, so like she's an idiot too is also the point, like, Poe's real dumb in that situation also. Yo, I agree. Like, Poe is, it's it's maybe, like, 75-25 because Holdo's the leader. Yeah. But, like, Poe makes really bad decisions in this movie. Yeah. Like, his whole arc is just terrible decisions. Well, true. And, and But then how do they go and follow it up, too, is, like, he goes and commits a mutiny, and then they go and, like, put him on the med ship or whatever. And then Holdo's like, oh, yeah, he's got spunk. I like him. Yeah. Even though he just mutinied against me. Like it was it's like such like a crappy way of like, I think, resolving that in some mm. ways. No, obviously he goes and follows it up with at the end that in battle he decides to kind of like pull away and right. not make sacrifices. But it's like I don't feel like that was really earned. Does okay. that make sense? I, I mean, I, I no, mean, but you, yes. you disagree, yeah. but okay. But do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, it's like, I, I understand the, yeah. the line of thinking, but it worked for me. Like, I mean, like most of my argument against yeah. you was like, it worked for me. Right, yeah. I mean, there's really like not much you can say. It works for people and not for other people. Right. Um, um, okay. So I, 
what I liked about this movie is was that theme of mistakes yeah. running through there. Um, it's not something you want to think about. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that Hitchcock quote. Hitchcock quote, where people talk like people would come up to him and be like, "Why don't the characters in your movies just go to the police?" Yeah. yeah. And his response was, well, "Because that's dull." Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of like movie dumb things that I can forgive because it's dull or because it's in service of something larger. Right. And that's why like I'm prefacing my stuff with normally I don't complain about this stuff. Mm -hmm. This movie felt like a death by a thousand paper cuts to me though, where I was constantly being like, "Uh, okay, like this is a movie. Don't worry. Like, Oh, this is a movie. Don't think about it. And then like by the end of it, I was like, okay, enough. Like so many dumb things happening. Mm -hmm. And so that's why like I got, I I can't take it anymore. Cause yeah, I would like to go and talk more about the substantial stuff. I need to like work my way through the plot and just, Right. Like all the dumb things. So okay, that's basically the whole resistance plot. Right. Like right, I don't right. we need to talk about that anymore. Right. Also, if you're gonna complain about bombs dropping in space, also complain about the the Y wings in the other movies. Well, it, true, but it also it wasn't done like that necessarily. Sure. Like, you never really saw the Y wings actually drop anything. That's more of a game thing. Yeah. That's so, true. um. Anyway, but okay, like that's a minor thing. I'm just playing around with that, but it's I just know. like kind of stupid. Um. Okay. So now we go on. Let's. I'm gonna save my final stuff for the, yeah, the four story. The yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The thin little subplot stuff. While I do think that John Boyega had had more to do and was less of a clown in this movie, I did not like his arc from the standpoint that it felt like it was just playing out the same arc from Force Awakens. Whereas, okay, I guess the movie's trying to say there's a difference between this arc and that last arc. But to me, it sounded like he's a coward and now he's not a coward. And you want to, and you can break it down in specifics. Force Awakens, well, he was, he was a coward, but then he learned to fight for Rey. And this one's like, he's a coward who cares about Rey, but learns to fight for the resistance. But to me, it was like playing out the exact same thing we spent two hours on the last one for the most part. And it's undercut by... I don't know, some weird stuff going on in Canto Bite. Like, I, I like the ca- concept of a casino planet more than the execution. That's, like, the one part of the movie that felt like kind of a prequel thing to me, but not in a good way. Um, and I like the idea of them kind of doing some world building. But then you introduce Rose, and Rose is, is like, somebody straight out of, like, the Disney Channel. <laughs> like, she she comes into Canto Bite. She, like, barely gets developed at all. And then she goes and like goes on this screed against animal abuse and child abuse and war profiteering and capitalism. And it's like, well, like pick a target, Ryan Johnson. Like, holy crap. Like you're like throwing so much stuff into like this one monologue where she's like bitching about like the the hor- the racing horses. And it was just like, come on. Like that, like that was that was not like well developed enough for, at that point for her to go and deliver that like line to me, that stuff. Um and it, it, like that that scene was just kind of goofy to me. And like they're looking like they have her like talking about we gotta find the master code breaker, the master code breaker to open up the thingamajig to do the that thing, to do that, blah 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 and the master code breaker. And to me it was like, shut up. Like they did that like three times in the movie where she explained exactly but Finn, if we don't go and do this thing and fight the guy with the flower lapel, uh, blah blah blah, we won't get the master code breaker or blah blah and then like it happened three times. And I was just like, Enough. Like people are not that stupid. We get it. Um and I just felt like that part of the movie was just kind of spinning its wheels. I, it's weird because 
it's essential kind of to the rest of the movie in some ways, but it's also like you don't spend enough time there to make it essential. And it culminates with them getting on the ship. And then it gets really repetitive at a couple points where, and convenient where characters start getting knocked out like all over the place. Like they get KO'd and then they wake up and like the guys that they were just with, with are either gone or like 50, hundred feet away from them. And it was like, wait a minute, like Phasma has them like, like captured and she tells to execute them and she like walks like 10 feet away and then like the ship gets like ripped up and then all of a sudden like phasma's like walking back into the hangar with troops i was like wait a minute what is going on and it's just like they did that like three times with ray and snoke and kylo where uh after snoke dies then the ship gets torn into pieces and then kylo conveniently wakes up and ray's no longer there and like this happens several other times where people wake up and people aren't there like luke's flashback it um, rhymes yeah, lame. Um, and to me, it's like, why doesn't Ray just freaking kill Kylo right then and there then? Like, end all of this. Why she walk away? I'm so confused. Like, this one, to get these characters somewhere, and they didn't want to think about doing anything else. And so let's just use the same trick we've done, like, three other times in this movie. So anyway. Um, but And it all kind of culminates with Finn making the decision to go and sacrifice himself. Which is cut short by Rose, who decides that she wants to save his life. I actually didn't like that. I, that part was dumb as hell, man. Yeah, I I agree with I, you that I didn't like that. That like I think he honestly should have died. Me there. too. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. As a matter of fact, I said louder than I meant to. Yeah, they're really gonna do this. Yeah, and I was pumped. I know, because I felt like the movie was really committing to something mm-hmm. big there. Yeah. And then she goes and saves him, and then she goes and gives this line that's like, this is how we beat them. Uh, not by killing the people we hate, but saving the ones we love. So dumb. I don't like that either. Groan. It's terrible. It's really bad. So bad. And then she says that and has the audacity to say that when he was going to go and save other people's lives, those he loved. Yeah. Like, yeah. you stupid idiot. And she kisses him. As the laser goes off in the background and presumably, as far as we may know, kill everyone that they care about. Also, that kiss was terrible. Terrible. I'm sorry. That's the reason why I can't get behind her character because they did not develop. That was not earned one bit. Okay, so. Okay, so now I'm I'm done with that part. I like Rose. I don't like the way her arc resolves in the movie, but I do like Rose. Like, I like all the stuff on Canto Bite. Um Mm. I didn't notice the master code breaker thing. Um, really, I a lot happens in the movie, so I think I was like just trying to keep it all straight. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in fairness, I've seen it twice. Like, uh, yeah, so, yeah. So the second, true. so yeah, so audience knows. It's like I picked up on that. Like, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I so I think one of the reasons I don't like or I do like Rose is because I don't like the actress that much. Um, <laughs> Wait, like in mm-hmm. interviews and stuff. Oh, <laughs> like she's like annoyed me. Oh. And Is Rose she... isn't too much like the actress, so I liked that. <laughs> okay. I thought, so honestly, and this might be a little racist, mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be like Space Knives Chow. Oh, I see. And okay. she wasn't. So a, lo- a lot of my liking of this movie is, is is a lot of like, I thought this, then they were the opposite, therefore good. Yeah. <laughs> um, But like, yeah, I thought she was just going to be like kind of chibi the whole time. Yeah. And she wasn't like she like had like big aspirations and like ideals and like thoughts about things that are important. And so I liked all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there was enough of the 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 animal abuse capitalism war profiteering stuff in the monologue i i kind of see the the argument that it's not earned at that moment but there was enough of a reason for her to say it that i was fine with it and then she was like it's from my planet and i was like okay it's from her planet yeah um and i just kind of like went with it Mm. um so all the Canto Bite stuff is kind of my favorite stuff in the movie, and I can't almost because it feels prequely. Uh, it feels like, and I I also like how it's in service to Poe's mistake. I okay. like that it's pointless because Poe made it like it's pointless because it's supposed to be, like Poe made it pointless by doing it in the first place. Yeah. Um, mm. and so I, I like that. And like, I think that's also in service to the, like the futility of war. And like, he was, he was just trying to survive and ultimately made a mistake. Um, it's through no fault of Finn and Rose. Like they both look up to Poe, yeah. you know, fit, like, you know, we're really good friends, Mike. If you told me to go do something like that, I would go do it mm. and wouldn't probably wouldn't question you yeah. about it. And so the sort of futility of it, I think works well in conjunction with Poe's arc of like, oh, it was it was pointless from the beginning. So mm-hmm. I, I understand the idea that it's pointless, but it, I also do think it's essential to Finn and Rose's arc. And your, your argument about it being Finn's arc again from Force Awakens, I actually agree with, but don't mind because um, it's bad in Force Awakens. And so... I think that some of this, and we'll we'll get into this probably before we get into the the Force storyline. Yeah, there's a lot of having to make up for Force Awakens in this movie. Yes, and there are certain things that are criticisms that I'm not sure are Ryan Johnson's fault so much as they are J.J. Abrams's fault. Mm-hmm. And he he I feel like J.J. wrote Ryan Johnson into a corner. And Ryan Johnson like dug himself out the best he could, like he the best he could, um, without having to get too explainy about stuff. See, without having to like do another first movie. Yeah. Um. You know, because he was he was in a rough spot in that he had to do like the second act of something that has a really bad first act. Yes. And, uh, I think like so I I think he had to do it without like spinning the wheels too much and like progressing the newness of the story forward while still kind of filling out the oldness uh, that like the force awakens left in its wake. And so I, I like Finn's arc in this movie more because it feels more like he is like becoming a member of the resistance than it Mm -hmm. does to me in the first one. Okay. I understand that. Um, Do you want to talk about that meta thing now or just wait for the force story or transition into both? Because yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. Right. Okay, so the way the way you're characterizing it is that JJ wrote him into a corner. I feel like while Force Awakens is a basically disappointing kind of waste of time, it left some interesting story thre- story strands or threads that were like hanging and worth exploring. And this movie kind of just goes, eh, f you. <laughs> like like it goes and it has like oh Luke's gonna go and train Ray that seems really interesting nah just kidding he gives t- two out of three lessons and you don't even know what the third was and two of them were screeds against the Jedi being lame and then it's like oh look Snoke look at that he's really cool he might be or not cool but no. okay then, yeah, let, me, <laughs> let me rephrase that okay S- Snoke where did he come from I want to know 
Okay, is that fair? Is that better characterization? Yeah. Like, like, how did this dude get this powerful and amass this army? Uh, Dunno, stabbed. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, like, the movie kind of constantly portrays like uh, uh, it, there's questions from Force Awakens that were left over that um, Force Awakens didn't bother to answer, and then this movie actually either sidesteps or subverts, and it almost feels like clever and proud of itself for doing that in a way. Where it's like, look, we subverted like what you thought, how this is going to turn out. And I think that those weren't great story decisions. And they might be okay for this film, but I think they've, like, they've made Force Awakens look worse. And I think it's crippled this whole trilogy and the rest of the trilogy. Uh, and that will take me into the Force storyline. which Okay, so yeah. quick note on the, the meta-narrative stuff. I just don't like The Force Awakens, so I was fine with kind of blowing that up and, like, restarting with the characters I do like on paper from the first one. But then, like, even Force Awakens, it set up some foundations, and I feel like this movie blew up the foundations and had to spend, like, an hour rebuilding them. Like, it, that's part of the reason why I think the pacing's off. Mm -hmm. It's because it's so busy, like, trying to do its own thing. Yeah. So, I mean, but I get it. It works for you. We're not yeah, going to yeah, convince each other. Probably no, yeah. No, it, it, like I said, yeah. it works for me. Uh, right. Even actually after sleeping on my least favorite of that meta narrative thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, your nobody thing with mm, Ray. Oh, yeah. I forgot to go and add that. Yeah. Um, That's... So, so the, the, the big, the, one of the biggest r blowing cool. up like in your face things about the force awakens was well so one of the biggest things coming out of the force awakens for a lot of people was well what's ray is she a is she a solo is she a skywalker is she a kenobi is she a palpatine is she a is she a plagueis is she is she jar binks daughter is she half gungan is she the daughter of that stormtrooper that bonks his head in a new hope what about that one rebel that like had the radar gun on yavin four yeah so um that like got on my nerves. Yeah, like it was bad. It was bad, and so I was. But so in this movie, they go and explain her parentage, which is she's just she's kind a, of a person. A nobody. They say she's a nobody. You know, Kylo Ren says you're nothing. You're nobody. Your parents sold you off for drinking money. Yeah. Um. As far as I know, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um. To to my knowledge, like that's a the Ryan Johnson has taken a hard line of like that's yes, like yeah. that is the answer. Uh. Otherwise, I'm not sure why he would put it in the movie. That would be really crap. Yeah. Um, well, so maybe, when it happened. Maybe there, she's nobody from a certain point of view. Oh, uh, a yeah. certain point of view? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so You'll find there many truths in life, MJ. <laughs> when, when that happened in the movie and Kylo's telling her this, it sat weird with me. And we, I, I think I wasn't part of this conversation, but I heard you guys talking about it after of like, it's really mean to Ray. Um, it's like re to to do that. Like the movie feels really mean spirited towards both the people who were theorizing about her her parentage and to the character. Mm -hmm. um, Actually, I'm not sure I agree with that completely. So I'm yeah. not I'm not part of that camp. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like I said, I only kind of overheard right. the conversation, and it, it read as mean to me mm -hmm. when I first. And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, it's Kylo saying it. Like he's being super manipulative. Yeah. So I'm kind of fine with it now, um, but that was that was one of the things that like really I think angered a lot of people, and I was fine with one the reveal because like I don't need all the characters in my Star Wars to be part of some lineage. Yeah. Um, 
And two, I thought it fit really well with Kylo and what they did with him in this movie, which is basically turn him into like a men's rights activist that you kind of sympathize with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like he is incredibly lonely, but he's also the biggest prick in the universe. Yeah. So uh, I... I really liked Adam Driver in this movie, and I liked his arc in this movie a lot. No, he was pretty good. I liked him a lot. Um, you're actually not going to hear a lot of complaints from me. However, mm-hmm. you still don't really know what makes him tick. Like, I, I, what, why does he want to be evil? Why does he want to control the galaxy? I don't really understand his motivation for turning to the dark side other than Snoke turned him to the dark side. Snoke. Yeah. Snoke corrupted our son um but anyway it, like even anakin we understood like what his motivations were to go and save people he loved mm-hmm. what's kylo's motivation i can't like buy into his character still because of that like i like i honestly kind of think it's just like power like he just likes feeling powerful that's like the that's how adam driver plays it to me oh p.s uh not really another spot for this in the podcast was not prepared for how jacked Kylo Ren is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the midnight showing, some people were like, Poof. like, like, they're just like, whoa, what the hell? No, for real. I was like, he's so jacked. Why is he so jacked? Why is he so jacked in his mom pants? Why does he have Sith mom pants and is really jacked? I, I wear Sith mom pants whenever I force time with people, too. Oh, my God. What? Oh, my gosh. That's the best, and I'm only referring to it as that from now on. Holy moly. Did you make that up? I'm pretty sure I saw it somewhere, so I That's can't go incredible. and claim credit for it myself. Oh, man. Yeah. Bless the person who came up with that yeah, term. Force time, man. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, yeah, like, he's really good, but I still don't understand the motivations of his character so that's kind of a problem for me yeah i kind of chalk it up to like some people just suck like i guess meh i don't okay anyway um he's good in it daisy Ridley's good in it um but okay talking about the force story in general like the story strand stuff i did not mind the ray parentage stuff at all because i think that's the only thing that made logical sense based off of force awakens like uh, Han Solo didn't recognize her. Leia didn't recognize her. Luke didn't recognize her. Like I'm pretty sure, and two thirds of those people have the Force, right? So I'm pretty sure she's not related to anyone. You know, it's like that's the only thing that made sense. And anything more than that would have had like such a ridiculous, convoluted explanation that I would not have accepted it. So that's actually the right choice to make because I think it it makes it into about it's not about lineage or about blood. It's about like. Uh, what like the legacy of what other people pass on to you and the and the stuff that you make out on your own? Um, I actually like that theme. I do not like how they answer the Snoke stuff, and I did not like how they answer the Luke stuff. Um, I I really have serious fundamental problems with how they interpreted Luke in this movie. I do not believe for one second that the Luke Skywalker that we saw in the original movies would act in the way that he does in these. He's so out of character for me. Um, I do not believe that after what happened at the temple in this movie, um, or when I guess the flashback, that Luke wouldn't try to go and pick himself up and try to stop like something that he feels partially responsible for. That is not, does not ring true to me at all. And it bothered me all the way through it. It happened again when I saw it the second time. I just can't accept that. Like He says because Kylo's did a bad thing, he's just going to withdraw and... 
like inevitably he knows like the whole reason, the whole reason why he gets back in the fight in this movie is because he cares about Leia basically and he doesn't think that whatever Kylo did at the temple isn't gonna like come back to Leia eventually I did and he's just gonna go in exile instead I do not understand that character choice he's somebody who seems like to me would always do the right thing even if he makes a mistake you try to correct it um and so I really got bothered by that choice I didn't I did not buy into the self-pity stuff for most of the runtime. The Luke that I thought uh, is in character shows up at the very end of the movie, and I like that. Um, I like that very much. Um, but I don't think they gave a satisfying explanation for why he exiled himself. And then you go and get in, and we can talk more about that in a second. But um, also, I just don't like the answer or the non-answer that they give for Snoke. He's just some dude who was a stepping stone for Kylo. Theoretically, that might be okay, but come on, man. Like, go and throw, like, some sort of, like, line or two saying where he came from, what his motivations are, what his purpose, how he got all this power, where he's been this whole time, just to go and tell us, like, a little bit about why all of this is happening. And some of this, some of these are problems that The Force Awakens had, which is that there was no context. And so this movie just doubles down on that problem, which is that it's still not giving any context. And for that reason, I'm having a hard time buying or understand how this conflict even arose um and i feel like ray disappears for like large portions of the film in a kind of weird way and her climax occurs like two-thirds of the way through with the stuff on the snoke ship and then she like shows up in the falcon and lifts a bunch of rocks and it's like well that wasn't like a super satisfying conclusion i don't i didn't really get like what was going on like in terms of like that being satisfying way to leave her off so um that's my gist of this the fourth story i get it um i actually this is actually the section that you you're not going to turn me on but yeah. it's the section where i see where you're coming from the most mm-hmm. the snoke stuff especially i also agree that there's because there's so little context for the first order and everything in the first film this one really needed to provide some yeah and it didn't, and it's a huge problem in the movie. It's why Snoke still sucks as a character. Right. Um, it's also why I'm glad Snoke's dead. I agree. I like. I, okay. If this is what you're gonna do with him, then fine, let him die. Right. But at the same time, there was a way to redeem him, and they didn't. Yeah. Like. like I just don't know. I don't know if he's a character I wanted three movies out of. I agree. That's why I think that like Lou should show up in the third act and dispose of Snoke himself. Mm. And then, you know, maybe Luke dies in the process and then Kylo takes over and you can have the same stuff basically happen. Right. But there's, you understand maybe more where Snoke came from to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess I get that. I like Kylo killing him though. And it just being like a huge power move because of, there's a scene earlier in the movie where he tells him he's just like a child in a mask. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, F that noise. Like, because Kylo has the most daddy issues out of anyone ever. Mm-hmm. And so he had like, you know, this is he's essentially on his third surrogate father. And in his eyes, at least, has been failed by all of them. And, you know, his turn in this movie is essentially like, F it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. And I think that can set up a really good Return of the Jedi ripoff in nine, especially because JJ's coming back to redeem him out of that. 
Um, and I, I think that, uh, and really good is a relative term, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's like the, to me, it goes back to the Hitchcock, Hitchcock, like, because it's dull, like, that's why Ray doesn't kill him. But I also think it's like, she still wants to redeem him and, or, you know, honestly, the, the arc that would please me the most is him becoming totally irredeemable and just having to get murdered. Yeah, um, I, I'm pretty sure actually that that's where they're going with it. I'm fine with that, too. I don't think that he... I think at this point he can't be redeemed. Yeah. Um. So that stuff, I, 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 I do agree with. The out-of-character Luke stuff, I, I also get more than maybe anything else you've said. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it like i'm technically fine with it because i think there's a lack of context in that too it doesn't go enough it doesn't explain enough to get him there yeah and there's a way you can absolutely and i think those building blocks should have happened in force awakens Mm -hmm. once like it's this one i would say is more 50 50 on abrams and johnson of like they really should have had like when they started this, they and knew they were bringing back the three people. They should have defined the arc of of Luke, yeah, immediately. Exactly, like the, the the whole trilogy, or at the very least, these first two into the third one, should have been Luke's story. And like, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not. And uh, you know that starts in Force Awakens. Absolutely. And Johnson like does what he can, and like I said, I get the out of character thing about it. I'm fine with it because I do like, I like the idea of, or the theme running through the movie of mistakes and that he made a mistake and he feels like, he basically feels responsible for Empire 2. Yeah. Uh, and, but he's kind of not because Ben was already bad and Snoke was already influencing him and like right. most of the stuff kind of probably would have happened anyway. So like, that's my thing is that like he's not really responsible but he's like beating himself up like really unnecessarily sure like like like, uh, disproportionately and that's the thing is that the movie doesn't justify the amount of beating himself up over it that he goes through i get that um i I don't know i'm able to do the mental gymnastics to like get myself there but i also like i understand like i understand how your mileage may vary Mm -hmm. on it um but i think there's like there's enough of a precedent in Luke's arc in the, especially towards the beginning, you know, uh, four, five, four, especially that he's like kind of got some depression issues True. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But like it never, this movie never like commits, commits to like him dealing with anxiety and depression. And like even this, um, are you familiar with the concept of like abyss thinking? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who don't know what abyss thinking is, it's like if you're driving, down the uh, street and you have your car window open and you're the passenger and you have your phone in your hand. You're like, what if I just threw my phone out the window right now? Or you're driving. You're like, what? you're not necessarily suicidal, mm-hmm. um, but you're like, what if I just ran my car into the median right now? Or, you know, what if I just jumped off this bridge? Th- that kind or of like, stuff. what happens if I decide not to go and fall through in the story threads of the force awakens? Sure. <laughs> um, but so there's like, there's, there's this moment of that with Luke that is, your mileage may vary executed yeah. of him potentially killing Kylo. Mm. He doesn't go through with it, but he thinks about it, does like some 
Vulcan thing to him and confirms like, oh yeah, this guy's turned and is basically like, this guy will bring about Empire 2.0. Yeah. And thinks about killing him, then doesn't. It's a miss. And once again, it's a miscommunication right. of sorts. <laughs> Kylo's asleep. Uh, yeah. What's the poor kid supposed to do? But, you know, so I, th- I think that there is this like, if they would have leaned into like almost Luke's mental health issues a little bit more, mm-hmm. one, it would have been a really good foil for Kylo mm-hmm. because he also has a ton of mental health issues. And two, I think it would have gotten to that spot a lot easier for a lot of people who have problems. With right. Uh, and the reason why they can't do that is because Luke kind of disappears midway through the second act and doesn't show up until the end. Well, and like, also cause they didn't do anything with him in the first one. Yeah. And that's, where I think the problem with a lot of my issues with it are, well, first of all, before I get into the other issues, I also kind of don't believe that like the guy who had risked his life to save his father um, to the point of dying, possibly or getting blown up on the death store or getting electrocuted by Palpatine would go and even think for a split second about killing his nephew because he had a hint of darkness in him. Like once again, I feel like that is a character assassination of Luke based off of what we saw of him last. And once again, you can go and say, well, lots changed in 30 years. But at the same time, I was like, why am I watching this character if he's completely different? Like, yeah. like why bring him back if he's not going to be the person, somewhat resembling the person that, like, we liked? No, uh, I, I, I agree with you on that sense. Because he does get there by the end of the movie, I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. Yeah. Um, and... You know, like I said, I can do the mental gymnastics to be like, he's mm-hmm. different and has like depression or right. whatever. Um, but I, I also understand that the movie should be doing that work um, yes. for us. And and to have like the Luke that we kind of wanted to see only show up in the last like for like 10 minutes after two whole movies of waiting. That's what's kind of insulting to me. Um, I understand that he needs an arc. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Like, there's not criticism about like, oh, he has to be flawless or anything like that. Because that's right, what right. that's what people are taking it. It's like, well, like, he, of course you can't just like be awesome. Because then there's like no character arc. Like, no, that's well, not well, what I'm that's arguing. Also, not true. But anyway, yeah, 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 right. But like, you can still have like like Gandalf and like the Lord of the Rings kind of doesn't have a character arc really in like the second and third movie. But he's just kind of like sweet, an, sweet, and like a guiding light. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I want Luke to be and maybe I'm like I'm introducing a lot of like what my personal wants are but uh, and that might not be fair but I also don't feel like this guy we saw in this movie was true either and so the reason why I I wanted that cuz like I kind of thought that's how he is really more like um I get both sides of it because on one side I don't want him to just be like another Christ figure. Right. And so yeah. You know, I also understand wanting your heroes to wear white hats and just yeah, be good. Right. I totally Especially, get like, one of the most iconic heroes in film. Yes. But I also understand, like, I just don't, like, I just don't need all of them to be yeah. Jesus. Ag- agreed. But he's kind of like the original Christ-like figure in a way. So them backing, a, not original. Oh, right. duh. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, like, one, one of the bigger ones yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in pop culture yeah. besides, he, you know, the original one. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway. But, like, after after being teased with this guy for two movies, or for one whole movie, we get to, we get to see, like, a depressed, broken guy. And then to watch the entire rest of that movie to get to, like, the sweetness. I don't know if that was worth it. Like, I don't know if it was worth all that teasing. 
And, and once again, I think there's a universe where it could be. Like, I think the yeah. bones of that are actually in this movie. Mm-hmm. And your mileage may vary. Like, yeah. it, it did work for me. Right. Um, and But I think there's a version of it where it's completely satisfying for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, the, the reason I'm fine, like I said, the reason I'm fine with this version of Luke is because I can get there. Yeah. Um, and I can see where y- y- they, as filmmakers, could have gotten there. But yeah, I agree. It's a little bumpy. Yeah. Uh, a lot bumpy. But I'm fine with it. Um, so yeah, that kind of covers the three storylines, more <laughs> or less. Yeah. A um, uh, couple of my complaints is actually something that's been a th- thread through all the movies, which is... We really need an instruction manual for the Force, man. Yeah. Like we, uh, well, and, and like, the Jedi and what they stand for, yeah, and what the difference between the two of these things like, are. Like, and there just needs to be uh, how would how to play, you yeah. know, like a, 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 a let's play or something for the Force and mm-hmm. uh, and the Jedi because like the Force does some wacky stuff in this movie and i was like what is happening you mean super leia yeah what even (laughs) so okay so leia gets exploded in this movie Mm -hmm. and gets sucked out into space and i was like that's weird i thought they weren't gonna kill her and then she uses the force to float back into the ship yeah and then be saved and fine by the end of the movie and i was like what the hell just happened? Yeah. I, like, I was like, the Force can do that? I like... I, I like some of the idea behind it. Sure. You know? Yes. Like, like I like the idea, like, she kind of shows, manifests some Force abilities that we haven't... That that we know she's probably somewhat capable of, but she obviously didn't train. Right. It's just, it was, it just went too far. Well, and so, yeah, yeah. Kristen, um, my wife, Kristen, she brought up a really good point, actually, that once again, movie should have explained, which is it, it could have been like Ray, where it was like the force awakening. And so like, she's always felt the force and like is force sensitive enough and like garnered enough from her brother um to like you know sense stuff in the force like she feels solo die in, mm-hmm. in the last one and stuff like that but we never really see her use the force and so this could potentially be a moment where it rhymes with ray um and you know this is this is the force truly awakening within leia and i like that and i think that might be what they were going for but we one don't see leia use the force ever again yeah and two it like we just don't know how the force works, so they just are like, I don't know, it does this now, mm. and like, I'm fine with the force doing those sorts of things, but I really need a primer on it before you just make it do that. Yeah, because it, it kind of just feels like it's making it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then I mean, you can get to the force the, projection and uh, the force projection. I, I'm fine with too. I, that's a that's I'm, that's been established. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, like Yoda did it a couple times. Okay, so is the other one you're thinking of is Snoke creating the force force time between Kylo and Rey, because that's also like something that hasn't been yeah, established. Yeah, the, the, the quote unquote force time of like <laughs> Kylo and Rey can like see each other and talk to each other now because Voldemort did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, what? Like mm-hmm. it was it was I actually liked those scenes a lot. Those are some no, of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, those are great scenes. Um but it kind of just feels like something that 
Ryan Johnson really wanted to do. Yeah, and they were just, just jarring of like, guess the force does this now. Yeah, and like it didn't. I feel like it was gonna like lead to like a greater mystery than it kind of ends up being, which is just like Snoke's like, yeah, I'm the one who did this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But then he dies, and they're still force timing each other at the very end. So was it connect? Like, I guess it continues well, he, he's after not the he's antenna. dead. I, well, I don't know. Is he? I don't know, man. Well, I don't know. You're the one. Who, you're the one who's asking for a primer. Yeah, exactly. And, but then, they, and then saying that you need it, you don't need an antenna. So you tell me. I don't. Well, that's the thing. That's why we need the primer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm ending this force connection right now. <laughs> okay. Um, we're in the same room. <laughs> um, crap. So th- yeah, that crap, man. The like didn't ruin it for me, but I definitely was like, what? Yeah. Um, okay, uh, I got something that's disconnected mm-hmm. from, like, story stuff. I feel like the action scenes... Okay, the the guard fight is cool. Like, that oh, seems, yeah, that yeah, seems yeah. really good. Them I like that. versus the sentient crayons? Yeah. Um, I don't like a lot of the space battles or land battles, that like the space bomber stuff or the crate speeder thing. I think, like, it's very... It's directed in a very... Like, it looks good, but, like, it's not very exciting because you just watch, like... 50,000 resistance people get picked off and then it's like okay fight scene over (laughs) like like it wasn't really satisfying so like I feel like the action scenes were not like super gratifying and maybe that's the point but I also watched like a Star Wars movie to like kind of get gratified not just get depressed and all that so uh, you haven't criticism I liked them I liked uh, I liked BB-8 in the ATST I thought that was great it was a little much for me, but whatever. No, it was great. It was so great. And I liked his like Looney Tunes like plugging the holes in the weapons thing and like Yeah, I was cool with that. Pop. I don't know. Yeah, and him shooting the coins out. Oh yeah, that was great too. Yeah, I liked that. Uh I liked all that stuff. Um I liked Benicio del Toro in this movie. The ultimate uh, your mileage may vary Star Wars <laughs> character. Yeah. I liked his decision to stutter. I, I didn't that part. Benicio, man. Like you yeah. just gotta chalk it up to Benicio. And I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> he just decides to add like one quirk to his character. I just I I really would I would totally watch Benicio a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd give him a name though. It's so weird that they don't give him a name. Yeah, but... they, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if they're planning on reusing that character. I, I don't think they are. Uh, yeah, I really have a hard time seeing how he's gonna fit in. But, yeah. Uh, um. So, I guess la- last thing to wrap up on: where do we go from here, man? Right. And um, that kind of leads to my criticism, my right. final criticism. In sure, a way. it is like okay. This movie, before you get into that, this movie is both is almost anything but a second movie. I'm fine with it, but it's it is both a first and last movie. Yeah, it feels like it's like like a Ryan Johnson trilogy in between this other trilogy that's <laughs> yeah. supposedly happening. Yeah, because. I mean, like, really, honestly, Kylo could have died and pretty much everything would have been wrapped up at the end of this. So I'm not sure where you're going to go with Nine right now, which is terrifying. Have you seen the memes going around? Mm-mm. Um, of, like, uh, it said, uh, JJB, like, and then it said, Episode Nine, The Next Jedi. It was all a dream. <laughs> the dreaded Knights of Ren have begun construction on a second. <laughs> and then there was another one that said, 
JJB like, and it was this inner title from a silent film that said, that's how it could have happened. <laughs> yeah, because this movie blew up pretty much whatever he was setting up. Yeah, I, uh, I, I know there are some people who read it as him trolling J.J. Abrams and like a little bit, yeah, um, but I, I do think they have like a decent relationship and like J.J. produced this movie and like I, I know he was more hands off. It seems like he was more hands off than the other projects he's produced, but I feel like I truly feel like if he really he's such the golden boy for them right now, especially in the midst of all the production troubles they've been having. If he truly felt like, oh no, he could have gone and gotten Ryan Johnson booted from it with Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, yeah, but I also kind of don't know if he wants to rock the boat that much. So I think I don't know if I agree with that completely. I do wonder. Well, I also you have to realize though is that JJ didn't intend on coming back in the ninth one. That's true. So he's probably just like, okay, well, whatever. Somebody else's problem. Yeah. He's all, Sounds good <laughs> yeah. to me. And then, all of a sudden, and then counted <laughs> huge stacks of money. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then they brought in more money, and they're like, you want to do the ninth one? He's like, oh, I guess sure. <laughs> he's like, look at the money, and looking at like episode eight, looking at the money, then looking at episode eight. Crap. <laughs> um. Yeah, because, okay, I feel like this movie, once again, I get back to the point where I think this movie's okay mm. in and of itself, but I think it's completely blown up in this trilogy. <laughs> sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, like, having everything be wide open, I guess, for nine, but yeah. I also don't feel like the, like the pieces that they've left in place, which is, well, we've got, like, Emperor Kylo, and they got to go and get the resistance to beat Emperor Kylo is, mm. like, a really interesting story hook for a ninth one it just seems kind of like a what if vader became the emperor fan fiction like yeah. movie and i don't know like is that enough to go and sustain like a two and a half hour movie it seems kind of like this guy's already been punked by ray and luke and like everybody and like huck sucks and yeah, phasma's dead and like okay like, who, like who's like the antagonist now and like snoke's dead so like is that an like enough of a villain to go and take this ninth movie? I don't know, man. I think so, but okay. So here's the thing though. This is why I think the, the final act of this movie needs to be the first act of the next one is because I think if all this happens in nine, then you do have a solid foundation to go and tell the rest of that story. Yeah. But you don't now. So like, I, I, I don't know, man, like it's, it's really weird I don't think the, the the final act of this movie is out of place uh, in this movie. I just really think that it kind of screws the f- ninth one a lot. Yeah. And I think if we would have just like filmed that and then just put that at the beginning <laughs> of the next one, like yeah. if we can get a fan edit where that's the opening to episode nine, you can make a really good movie out of that. Actually, I agree. You know, I've always made like the argument that I like like these hidden fourth acts in movies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this is a movie where I actually did not like that fourth act being added. I feel like the movie could right. have ended with Snoke getting killed and the hyperspace thing happening right. and the Resistance escaping, and I would have I would have been more satisfied with that. Yes, I think and it, it would have like, felt truly Star Wars. I think yeah, to just like 
leave the resistance like mostly broken and like like if you want to do esb Mm -hmm. that's how you really and do it like outdo it that's Mm -hmm. how you do it of like there's only like 27 of these people left like the the resistance can fit on the falcon now yeah yeah off to wherever they were going they go Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's 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 one of those like rip off quote unquote empire strikes back things that could have really worked in this movie yeah and then the movie keeps going yeah. for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And then like, I I feel like then you could have saved Luke until the ninth one. Then. Yes. And then it would have been a proper arc. Yes. Because even though it's only 10 minutes and mm-hmm. then like he ascends or whatever. Right. and But then you can like bring him back. And I'm sure he's going to force ghost into the yeah, next one. But, yeah. but it, it would be way more satisfying mm-hmm. for the, because the third one doesn't need to have a proper first act because we have two whole movies that are the first two acts. Exactly, you know? yeah. And so I think that... That's why I feel like Snoke shouldn't have died until maybe the first act of the third one, too, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind him dying. It's just... I don't mind him... I don't like him dying, like, halfway through a second movie when we don't know him still. Like, yeah, I... Like and then like and then the second uh, the, the end of like the last two thirds of whatever ninth one can be like all right now Kylo's in command kind of thing right you know but once again I'm gonna do the argument of if that the hidden fourth act is the beginning of the first one yeah. or of the third one then Snoke dying in this one is kind of cool and you're like oh it's Emperor yeah. Kylo now like right you and, know, and it, it, it just ends some, with that yeah it yeah. gives some mystery mm-hmm. of like well there's a vacant seat open and like Kylo kind of sucks still like, yeah. And I, I agree that and that so is then, good. Like, you, and you're wondering like, oh, what is, what is he really going to be like as a leader? Yeah. And, and, all that and stuff? like, even you can even do the thing of like, oh no, Kylo's definitely eyeing the throne, mm-hmm. but he hasn't fully committed to like becoming Supreme leader yet. Yeah. And then you go and set, and this is weird cause I do like the movie, but you go and you, you send the resistance off, you know, completely battered and broken and they're like, we're going to this mining planet and we're going to send our signal out to the outer rims and see what happens. And like credits there. And then, you know, you open the ninth movie with this final battle of this movie and you see like, oh, yeah, Kylo has like he's like, you know, uh even Hux is calling him supreme leader now. He puts yeah. a little stank on it, but mm. he's calling him that now. And then you get a payoff for Luke. And even though it's 10 minutes, you feel like it's a true arc because like enough time has passed. Like it's been two years since the last time. And Mm -hmm. then you can go and do like force ghost Luke and, and all that stuff. So I I also just kind of think that they should have kept Luke through more of these movies. I kind of agree with that too. um, You know, I, I know they couldn't anticipate Carrie Fisher passing. Yeah. But now, now everybody who's had a connection to the original trilogy is dead. Yeah. And that bothers me. Like I, they, you know, supposedly this is the end of the Skywalker storyline. That's what they're right. saying now. Right. They didn't say that before, um, which is weird. And they're not really talking about making a 10, 11 and 12 anymore. Right. They're just talking about making these nine movies and that's the end of the Skywalker stuff and leave like all the Skywalkers either dead or irredeemable. Right. Too slated to be die. <laughs> um, Leaves me in a weird place. Yeah. Like, I don't really like that being, like, their legacy. And that's why I get back to the thing, like, I don't like how they treated Luke in this. If I had been more satisfied with how they treated him, I feel like I could go out, like, on better terms with some of this. And now it's like, well, he's dead in the eighth movie. And, you know, he'll be a ghost. 
Yeah. But like, unless he has a significant amount of participation as a ghost, I don't see myself being happy with his role in nine either. And maybe he will. I don't know. Right. I mean, they could do some cool like Gandalf the White thing where he kind of like comes back and does more stuff than just be yeah, a ghost. Just like I learned from Yoda and my dad. What's up, everyone? Yeah, yeah you, know, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if I trust Abrams to like deliver a good final act to anything. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's honestly my main concern is JJ coming in to finish this off, especially where it's left now. It's mm-hmm. just like, what is he gonna do? Like. He, I, I think it's. I like that it's left him in a challenging place because maybe he'll adapt. Mm-hmm. He's not going to make Star Killer bases too. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I like I, I'm of two minds of it. Of like, I really want to see what he does now that like his legs have been cut off by Ryan Johnson, yeah. essentially. Um, but at the same time, like. I don't know what or how he's going to do this. Like, and it's not that like JJ has is a loose cannon or Mm -hmm. like, I feel like he's going to like completely botch this on purpose or whatever. Like he doesn't like where it ended up. And so he's going to like passively aggressively, you know, muck this up for everyone. JJ doesn't strike me as that type of person. No, I think he's very eager to please. Yeah. At least to his own problems. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's like a malicious or idiot or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And so, I just have no idea what you like. Mm-hmm. He basically can't prey on any nostalgia next time. And yeah. That's his whole deal. And yeah. That's what scares me. Yeah. And it goes. Uh, in- there's polar bears is here. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, it goes and speaks to the big problem of the sequel trilogy is that it feels like there's no firm plan. Yeah. Like at all. And. Uh, suddenly there's aliens. Oh, there's been aliens the whole time. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. It's it's gonna like. I don't see a way where he's gonna be able to satisfy anybody <laughs> by yeah. the end di- by the time this is done. And it comes down to I'm not really sure still what these sequels are about. Like what sure. what is like the theme? Because I wanted I I almost wrote this on Facebook. It was like prequel trilogy. A good man can get corrupted. See, uh, original trilogy, like evil people can be cor- can be saved through love. Sequel trilogy, uh, evil people th- can't be cor- saved with love. Sometimes but, people's is dicks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, like, uh, is that like a really great like overarching theme for like a trilogy? I like I, you know these movies have been based in. Um, Trying to make like, well, first of all, they're for families, <laughs> but second, yeah. yeah, but you know, second of all, they have been trying to like wrap up some mythological theme in there and trying to say something, not, right. not, not, not even subtle about it. Uh, this is just like, well, yeah, sometimes a bad person just deserves to die. <laughs> is that? I don't know. It's not really a heartwarming theme to close out on. No, but one, they haven't closed this out yet, and two, they, I mean, the last shot of the movie is like. There's still some hope out there. Yeah. Um, you know, with the, the little kid who's like a force user. Yeah. And like, I, so I don't know, man. Like, I think you have to go and maybe pay that off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I can see it going one of two ways, but I think JJ will bring it home on something at least kind of positive. Maybe not whole. Yeah. Or complete, but I think he's going to try to bring it 
in on some sort of warm note rather than just like, I don't know, everything's a bummer, bye. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's, actually focus on that last scene for a second. That scene with the little kid and the force stuff, it feels like something that should be saved for the ninth one in a way. Like, I, it seems very un-Star Wars to kind of like cut to like, random people we don't know like doing something but i know what they're trying to do which is like hope lives and luke's legend lives on with people and right. the, the forces belongs to everyone kind of thing but it felt like it's like something that ryan johnson really wanted to throw into one of his movies and he thought he only had one shot at making a star wars movie so damn it he's gonna put it in this one and then of course he ends up getting an entire trilogy and i feel like a lot of his movie feels like like he only he only has one shot to like do something, so he better like put in all these ideas he has, and like that goes back to the the crate stuff at the end of the movie, where it's like the movie kind of feels like it should be over, but it doesn't. Right. And it just goes and shows like a lack of like I think a lack of coordination between all of these people, and these yeah they want to like each individual guy wants to leave his own mark, but they're not like talking to each other enough to like save things for another moment possibly. Um. I realize that's a weird argument for me to make because I, I don't like Marvel's ways of like withholding stuff and be like, well, just wait until this bad guy sucks, but just wait until the bad guy in the 17th movie. He's going to be sweet, you know. But he won't be. No, he won't. Um, and I like those movies. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just really entertained by this movie. Uh, oh, oh, this is something I need to talk about. Why? I think one of the reasons I liked this movie so much is because based on what I was reading on the internet, I was convinced <laughs> oh, I know where you're going that this. Kylo Ren and Ray were gonna fall in love and I was pre-furious about it. Yeah. And I like I thought for sure that's what was gonna happen. And then they started doing their online dating via the force. And I was like, <laughs> what is I was like, this is going this way. Forcematch.com. Yeah. I was like, oh no. And then that didn't happen. And that like because I was so very much expecting it to happen and it didn't, I was very satisfied <laughs> by it. Are you lonely? And they both clicked yes. Are you both looking for father figures in life? They both clicked yes. <laughs> yeah. We exactly. found the match. Exactly. So that's that's totally where I thought that was going. And it didn't. And it didn't. And so I think that helped a lot with me. Thank God. Yeah. Because I would have been like, oh, I'm done with Star Wars now, yeah. it turns out. It turns out, F everything. Yeah. Got it. Um. So yeah, I, I really liked that it didn't go in that direction when I was so convinced mm -hmm. that it was. Um, so I think that really gave me a lot <laughs> of mileage out of my enjoyment in the movie because man i like up until even when he was like join me and we'll rule as king and queen i was like this is gonna happen and then i'm gonna leave <laughs> and like i would have straight up been like i'll see you guys later see okay Kristen, you can find a ride home it's funny because i feel like part of the reason why you like it and i'm not dismissing the reason why you like it is because like it didn't do like the stupid things you feared and part of the reason why I didn't like it is because it didn't do like the good things I was hoping for, uh -huh. <laughs> and so so we both ended up in this place where we're like, this this isn't gonna go the way you think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I do think I I mean it's certainly a risky movie, and in my brain that paid off. Um, I you know we talked about that of like you weren't mad that they tried something, you're not sure what they tried was a good idea in the first place. Yeah, I don't really 
care, not about your opinion of that, but of like, I don't necessarily care if they were good decisions or not. I like that they tried something, especially when the last movie was so safe um, that it was nice to like kind of be on my toes. I agree. Uh, Normally I would agree. In a movie that's just kind of by itself, I would Mm. agree. When you're following up like eight other movies now, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to pay a little bit of respect to what came before and not just press like the blow everything up button, you know? And that's how it felt like to me. Like, yeah, F Jedi's, F Snoke, F explaining all this stuff. And so it like, it just hit like this big blow it all up. So, okay. So yeah. I don't I don't get the F Jedi's thing out yeah. of this, especially with the way the movie well, ends. Well, not the way the movie ends. And the Yoda scene. Okay, not with the way the movie ends. The way the movie ends, I think, is like a half-ass way of saying like Jedi are, are still cool and they're they're gonna stick around. I feel like the text of the film for like seventy percent of it says the opposite, and that feels like it's a lot more convincing to me than what happens at the end. So to me, that feels like. It feels like modern cynicism and then a reversal of it. Yeah. So that, like... But Luke disappears for, like, an hour of the movie, so I don't mm. get to see, like, the reversal of it as much as I should. I understand that the Yoda scene's supposed to be kind of doing that, mm-hmm. but it's not well, enough. Well, so the Yoda scene and, for me, his force projection right. and Ray moving the rocks. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I think the the, like... I don't want to call it the one, two, three punch because they happen like 40 minutes apart. Yeah. Um, but th- th- that's, those sort of three key elements of like, no, there's still a place for this. Yeah, there's still a place. And like Luke projects himself as like the idealized version of himself. Yes. Like, I understand what's going on there. Yes. It's not enough. Like it, there needed to be more of okay. that. And that's my problem is that like, I don't mind a lot of the themes in this movie. I don't like, it doesn't support it well enough in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I rather than cut down on some of the stuff that didn't work. So there was more room for this other thing that I do like to breathe. Would have watched him milk those things for two and a half hours though. Uh, no, that was awful by the way. Yeah. That, that was, was one of the worst things I've ever seen in a star war. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. That wasn't good. Uh, I was just like, that thing is making direct eye contact with her. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. What even was that part, man? I don't know. I was I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, I feel like it was kind of his Yoda moment. Yeah, but like, I didn't play it right. But it's real stupid. Like, yeah, I didn't play it right. Yeah. I like that Yoda was a puppet. Yeah, I wish the puppet was a little bit better, though. Oh, I thought he was great. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It took me out of it a little bit. Oh, uh, no, I really liked it. I like the idea of them going back to the puppet, but... He didn't look quite right to me, so it kind of like took his me out ear of it. was a little weird. Yeah, like the like, top of his head. I don't even know what it is. It was something was a little off. Yeah, I get it. But he wasn't as bad as like a uh, Phantom Menace puppet Yoda, if you remember <laughs> yeah. that. He looked yeah. like he was on crack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. If there's anything else for me to say now? I think we covered it. Yeah. No. I got. Well, okay. I would make a, c- a comparison to like I feel the same way about this. I felt about like uh, the Dark Knight Rises, but I feel okay. like it's like a completely separate conversation that's part of a different well, podcast. So I've heard that a lot, and yeah. like you and I agree about the Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. and like I'm fine with this movie. So yeah. I y- I've heard the arguments, and I get it, but like I don't know, it works better in this one for me than it does in Dark yeah. Knight Rises. I'll save that discussion for something else. Talk okay. to me about it some other time. Okay. Sounds good. Um, 
That's a story for another time. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> boo. I did like Maz in this movie because I was like, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> if she's got to be around, make her do that. Make, make her be around in two minutes because I don't want to see Diet Yoda ever again. Yeah. Make her be around in two minutes. I don't know. Throw some exposition at him and then go away on a jetpack. The master like, code fun. breaker. The master code breaker to break the locks to do the thing. Yeah. I was fine with that. Just like, I don't know. There she is. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um,. I just wish she was a better character because Lupita is a really good actress. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, as always, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and any RSS burner that you have on your Android device. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891. You can find my writing at wordofthenerd.com and keithlivesmovies.com. Uh, I joined Instagram this week. I don't really know why. I don't actually know how to use it. Uh, it's the same MJ Smith 891 on that platform. Well, you follow people and you post pictures. I don't get it. Pop Pop doesn't understand. Yeah, you, you do this stuff. You do like half the stuff you do on Facebook and mm-hmm. it's cooler. It seems Makes nicer. Like, yeah. Well, it's, it's like a less cluttered. Yeah. So. I don't I don't really get it, but people seem to like it more. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. I, like, we... posted a story the other day, and I didn't realize it. Like, I did realize it, but I didn't. I just wanted it to be a post, not part of my story. <laughs> and I was like, I, someone help me. Like, I, I felt like an old grandpa man. <laughs> I felt like, I, fe- I actually you... put this on Instagram. I felt like Steve Buscemi in 30 Rock, who, like, when he goes and infiltrates the uh, high school... Um, but when he's like goes undercover in a high school and he's wearing like a music music lightning bolt band shirt and he's like, "What's up, fellow kids?" That's yeah. how I feel on Instagram. Uh, well, you're of no use to me. The same way the original trilogy characters are of no use to the sequel trilogy people. So Boo. yeah, that's right. Go go and disappear. Yeah, uh, that's it. Do you want to plug anything? Buy your book for Christmas. Buy my book. Yeah. <laughs> no, I made a book called The Aurora War. It's a fantasy adventure war novel and if you want to go and see whether or not i uh live up to the criticism that i go and dish out uh feel free to go and drop me a line it's probably better than beyond the valley of the dolls uh i would argue yes (laughs) that's a wacky movie man um for those of you who don't know it's the movie roger ebert wrote um yeah i think that'll be it right yep um we're off for the rest of the year uh go have a merry christmas and a happy new year and we'll see you in 2018 probably with an episode on stranger things maybe yeah unless you want to do like a best of 2017 but i can't really think of too many movies that i really want to do that for that so i don't know oh yeah i we should probably do that though (laughs) people people listen to those yeah good point uh okay number one stranger things um No, uh, yeah, we'll probably do, we'll probably take, um, January off from normal, like, movie discussion episodes and probably do a Best Of and a Stranger Things episode, just because I really want to do a Stranger Things episode, and what are we going to, do you, do you want to listen to us talk about The Commuter for an hour? No. <laughs> um, all right, we'll see you guys next time, uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and do you have anything else? <laughs>